Alice Cooper. Bringing us back into the game. Shout out to Wayne's World. 537-1350 is our number. You can call in and ask us questions or make a comment about the game Saturday. The game this Saturday against Texas, K-State hoops, men's or women's, doesn't matter. Also, you might also want to call us here in just a few minutes because we're giving away four tickets to see K-State men's basketball against Washburn, exhibition style, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Now, there is a catch, and that is, there's two actually. One, you'll have to play a little true or false, and two, you have to be able to pick up the tickets tomorrow between 8 and 5. That, uh, if, if you can get here between 8 and 5 tomorrow to pick up the tickets, you're good. That shouldn't right. be too bad. No, just, yeah. you know, or have somebody pick them up for you. Or, you know, Travion will work out the details with you when he gets your information uh, once the game is done. Um, coming up in the hour as well, we'll talk a little Texas football, what to expect Saturday at the Bill for Harley Day, 6 o'clock for that kick, and uh, Big 12 week number 10. I uh, do want to pass along as well a reminder that tonight at Bramlage Coliseum, K-State women's basketball will open up their year in an exhibition against Fort Hay State at 6.30. And we have pregame here on K-Man beginning at 6. As soon as Wyatt and I are done, we're heading straight to Bramlage for a 6 o'clock pregame with the K-State Sports Network from Learfield. I would imagine Matt Walters will it be is. on the broadcast. That's correct. In the K-State men tomorrow at 7 against Washburn. And it was also announced today that uh, the the next road game for the K-State men, or I'm sorry, for K-State football at Baylor is a primetime 6 o'clock kick on Fox or FS1. I could keep going with information. <laughs> Lots going. That Will, crossover season is here. Yeah, Will Howard, yeah. Offensive Player of the Week in the Big 12. Ty Zittner, the Special Teams Player of the Week in the Big 12. And how about the Cats winning 48 nothing against the Oklahoma State Cowboys, ranked ninth in the country. K-State has now beaten two top 10 teams this season. First time they've ever done that in one season, which is pretty yep. amazing when you think about it with all the success that Bill Snyder had here over the course of Roughly thirty years. Um, you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. Looking back on the game Saturday, we were talking off air about there were so many storylines, so many great things that happened, and I'm sure you got the same kind of feedback. People saying that's as much fun as I've had at a K State game in a long, long time, and it, it was just I, I think in part because everybody clearly understood, you know, that Oklahoma State was a really good football team. They may not have been at their optimum level last Saturday, but I you know, I think part of that was K State. And to to shut that team out, have the kind of performance that we saw out of guys like Will Howard and Deuce Vaughn, it was a, certainly a special day. And Malik, I don't want to start leaving guys out, but there were there were a lot of guys that, that played very, very well and what was a terrific, terrific effort by those guys, especially on the heels of what was a most difficult loss at, at TCU. Yeah, this was cra- the game was crazy unscripted to what we all thought it would be. If you <laughs> yeah. simulated the game a hundred times on ESP or uh, NCAA Football 14, that game does not go to a shutout in probably all 100. I mean, um, something they're both going to score in each game. That just it didn't make it definitely. I mean, I'm sure Oklahoma State fans are wondering like, what in the heck happened? I know they're probably asking for the head of the offensive coordinator. Is that is that done? Is yeah. That, Casey Dunn. Casey Dunn, that's uh-huh. right. Yeah. Uh, who, you know, of course, they don't score in the game. Spencer Sanders, he throws a pick, doesn't throw for a touchdown. And you mentioned to me at one point off air that, I mean, how good the defense was for K-State, that Oklahoma State did not even have a play in the red zone all game. 
they didn't even attempt a field goal mm-hmm. in the game. Mm-hmm. They really, had, for the whole 60 minutes, didn't even have a shot at scoring the football, unless they just some miraculously miraculous way you know, take a play 75 yards for a touchdown. They, they weren't close. Well, K-State gets the opening kickoff. They go 77 yards in nine plays. And it just seems like just a blink of an eye later, you see Deuce Vaughn <laughs> making his way towards the north end zone, and it's 14 nothing, and you're going, whoa, what a great start. Let's, let's, uh, we, we got a real shot here. And the next thing you know, it goes from 14 to nothing to 35 to nothing. It, so it was, it was certainly uh, surprising. And that, that 35 nothing was, was, of course, the halftime score. And boy, they just had, you know, Will was, was really good. He made a lot of really good throws. Um, K-State was able to, to run the football pretty effectively most of the day, you know, and the defense, I look at it like this. You, you play the first, you play the game without Daniel Green. You play the first half without Khalid Duke. Um, we talked last hour a little bit about some of those guys that, that stepped in and filled in. I think about like Brendan Mott with a sack and, you know, you Crew Jackson with an interception late. I mean, yeah. you, you could just go on and on and on. And um, I mean, Jake Clifton got in the game and did a nice job. And, and how about Desmond Purnell in his first career start? I mean, he did a really, really nice job. Felix is a man now. I mean, they well they were blocking him all day long or trying to with two guys and and still had trouble doing it. Allow, allow me to bring something up because <laughs> along with my my starter or my start not starters my spotters. Um, one of them, shout to Buck, who was my spotter for the opponent, brought it up multiple times. Felix being held <laughs> and being held again. And then being held again. He pointed out there was one play where the guy, the, the offensive lineman for Oklahoma State, basically had him around the neck and was holding him, and no flags were called. Which, by the way, I did, even though K-State won 48 nothing. I don't feel like a lot of calls went their way. A lot of the reviews, I thought the review crew sucked. They were not good. Uh, I don't know what the hell they were looking at, but they blew it on a few of those call stands. I'm like, come on! I, I think we all saw that it shouldn't st- it shouldn't stand. Yeah. I think it should have been overturned. One of those where you know a couple of spots were were bad and Felix being held. I can bring that up again. Oh, but, yeah. You know, despite all that, K State still won forty eight nothing. But you mentioned the guys, and I don't know if you want to comment on that. You can if you want. If you agree or well, disagree, there. I'll just say this. And this is a cop out answer to a degree, but I wouldn't want to do what they do for a living. Yeah. With that said, I've seen better officiated games. How's that? Is well, that politically good? How about that pass <laughs> interference on? Was it Echo? Echo. That was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he has the same right to the football as the receiver, from my perspective. So here we are. We're, we're not going to talk about the officials anymore. Not if you win forty-eight nothing. I mean, well. I'm just saying. You know, yeah, it, it was, but it was such a, it was just such a terrific performance by so many, and I think that's the the feel good story of it. Of course, goes right back to, you know, right before the game, you don't know who the quarterback's going to be, and everybody's, I think, or most are thinking, you know, Adrian's going to give it a go, mm-hmm. me, and me included, and then uh, boom, you know, they run Will Howard out there, and he was terrific from the get go. Um, Boy, you got to be proud of what he's done in the last couple of weeks, and being patient, and all of those things that you know people are talking about right now. That 
Coach Kleiman even used the word redemption for him because it, it was most difficult for him, you know, at times in his first couple of years, but he's flourishing now. Well, uh, you, you mentioned a number of guys on defense that, you know, stepped in to fill some holes and did a, a phenomenal job. I, I totally agree about Desmond Purnell, and you mentioned others as well. Jake Clifton, for his, his limited snaps, was in there on a, a lot of plays. I think Nick Allen also deserves a shout-out for his game. Uh, he has 18 tackles, by the way, in the last couple of games without since, since Daniel Green was injured. And That's I, a lot of tackles. He had six. <laughs> he had six solo tackles against Oklahoma State. He led the team with eight tackles total. He had a tackle for loss, or like well, a half there. But I just noticed, you know, his one-on-one play was very good. I I swear. I mean, I think on his off time, he's the lead singer of Five Finger Death Punch. He's he looks intimidating. But on, there in the football field, I thought he really he really passed some expectations um, with that game on Saturday. Well, the, it was just a, a heck of a good effort because I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the defensive stats too, and we haven't talked about Austin Moore very much. And, you know, he's just been so consistent um, in, in what he's done this year. Though That grouping of those four safeties with, with uh, Kobe Savage, Drake Cheatham, Mason and and Josh Hayes, <laughs> those those guys are pretty good now. There's a number of true freshmen yeah. that played some significant snaps. Well, that's also true. Um, uh, Damian Ilalio was in there uh, for yeah, the first, well, bit. the second time actually. Yeah. But but um, Toby Osinsami got in the game for the first time as a Wildcat. That was really cool. He made a tackle on yeah. special teams. I'm glad I got to say that name at uh-huh. the bill. Yeah, so. And we met. I mean, Jet Clifton had three tackles on on the game, so it, it was everybody had a, had a little bit of a hand in it. It was great. Now, another reason why that game was so big, we all know why. Where K State now stands in the Big Twelve standings, they had to, after losing to TCU, you dropped to a tie for second, had to shake off the tie with Oklahoma State and succeed. Get 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 to the W, have second place alone, and now you're in complete control. Of your own destiny, you don't need somebody to lose to get to the Big Twelve championship. You love, you know, TCU to you know, you know, just for uh, to make you feel better. If they could lose a couple of games, that would be wonderful. <laughs> sure. uh, I, but I suppose right now, well, no, I don't. I don't care about TCU's chances of making the college football playoff. I care about K State's chances of winning the Big Twelve championship. I would love, after watching the West Virginia game and how well West Virginia was able to play offensively against TCU, I'd love to have a rematch with TCU because I know K-State is the better team. Absolutely, I feel that way, that K-State is the better team. But now, even if they lose at this point, now I think you give yourself, if you're K-State, a tad bit of breathing room. If you happen to slip up, it's not completely over. You still need to win, and we don't want K-State to lose, of course, but now you have a tad bit of breathing room. Second place at this point of the season is huge. And because this is also a type of year where we all probably thought that, hey, you could probably lose three games in conference play and still make it to Arlington. Well, a couple of thoughts here. What to, What is tomorrow? November first. November first. Oh yeah. And the press conference too. We're, yeah. we're gonna. It's gonna be interesting to hear, uh, coach tomorrow. Here, here's the other factor. You talked about TCU being in great shape, and they are. But they have. Here's what they have left: Tech at home, at Texas, at Baylor. Iowa State at home. Mm-hmm. They're probably looking that that is a pretty favorable deal. But do you think they'll win both games on the road? I said on Powercat Game Day, I I feel like with the schedule they have left, 
that th- they have an amazing chance now to get to Arlington after getting past K State. Sure. The whole. What were the two road games again? I'm sorry. At Texas, at Baylor, back to back. So, the Baylor, I, you know, Texas will be tough. You know that that just seems like a scenario where you do slip up and you you lose your one game in conference play. The Baylor game doesn't worry me as much, but yes, the Texas game is what where they could definitely slip up. Yeah, it's it's uh it's an interest. I guess my just the point of of reading what they have left mm-hmm. is that you have a game that separates one and two. But you said this earlier: Oklahoma State, Baylor, Texas are all three and two. Mm-hmm. You know they've got to feel like they're right there too, don't you? I mean, that, yeah, they, you got to feel like that. But this last month is going to be very interesting as we try to pair this thing from ten down to two to go to Arlington, Texas on December third. Well, I said last Can't wait. I said on this show last week, I was like, guys, buckle up. This is going to be a very <laughs> stressful last five weeks sure. of the season. Well, it wasn't so stressful this past week. <laughs> I, I, do, I doubt it'll be the same moving forward. Um, you know, I'm sure Steve Sarkeesian is, has taken notice. You know, he almost played at K State. He actually said during his press conference today, almost played at K State, went to BYU, um, said a lot of great things about K State today. But um, yeah, they, they took notice. And, uh, you know, B. John Robinson, I think he's probably a little bit better than who Oklahoma State has running the football. No offense to Jay Nixon. Uh, shout to uh, Charles Romigo who brought him up and about how good of a runner is, and I, I concurred. Uh, K State shut him down. They did shut him down. He, he will be a good player in this league, though. That's obvious, and and they, he's not the only one they have. But I believe, in, in terms of potential, he may be the best of the lot of those four. Mm-hmm. He he is a good looking young player, no question about that. Uh, K State's defensive line outplayed the offensive line of Oklahoma State, vice versa. And, uh, hey, shout to the coaches who I think greatly outcoached those at Oklahoma State in all facets of the game. All right, now is that time to give away some tickets. We're going to take a break, but call Travion right now, 537-1350, if you want to win four tickets for tomorrow's exhibition, K-State against Washburn. It is the debut of the new team, new head coach, new coaching staff. So call 537-1350 right now. We're going to take the first caller. And we're going to play a little true and false when we come back on Wildcat Insider. It's one of my favorite, or one of my dad's favorite songs to dance to when it's like a wedding dance or like when I DJ the annual festival up in big old Morganville, Kansas. That's wants his thriller. Deal. Yep, thriller. Or Money Money by uh Billy Idol. Yeah, yeah. Travion, his <laughs> little laugh there, that was appropriate, yes. All right. Let's play a little true or false. We got our contestant. I'm giving away four tickets to uh tomorrow night's exhibition for the K-State men against Washburn. Our contestant, Tony, from right here in Manhattan. What's going on, Tony? Hey, not much. How's it going, Mitch? No, not too bad. You're on with myself and Wyatt. And uh, where were you for the game Saturday against Oklahoma State? Uh, I was right at home. I didn't have a ticket. Mm. But, so I was in, in my house watching the game there. Well, it was awesome. It was, they're hot tickets right now. Sold out, I think, pretty much other than standing room only for the... Uh... Well, yeah, I started looking for Texas tickets, and I wasn't about to spend 100 bucks to sit way up high there. <laughs> I figured after the game, the, the, the ticket prices on the secondary sites were going to go up a little bit. 
But Tony, yep. here's the deal: I got a chance for you to win four tickets to tomorrow night's game, so uh, you, you'll be okay. able to hopefully be there in person to watch the debut of uh, Jerome Tang and this team. All yeah. right, so yeah. I, got, I got three true or false questions for you. All right, you ready okay. for the first one? Sure. All right, true or false? Wyatt Thompson is a Hall of Fame broadcaster. True. That is correct. Now, if this was two weeks ago. <laughs> it, uh, yes, yeah, the answer has changed very recently. Yes, and he absolutely deserves and I'm sure more accolades are to come. All right, second question, true or false? I'm a future Hall of Fame broadcaster. Mitch Porter. Is that true or false? Oh, oh, you are. Yes, that's true. That's correct. Way to go. You're two for two. <laughs> All right, and then finally, number three, final question. True or false, you want to hang with Tang? Yes, true. That's correct. Tony, congratulations. <laughs> you just won four tickets to tomorrow night's exhibition game against Washburn. Nice. Awesome. Congratulations, Tony. Well, here, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put you on hold for just a moment. Travion is going to take over, and uh, he's going to yep. get your information, and we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you at the game tomorrow. Awesome. Be great, Mitch. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. Tony from Manhattan. Give it that's to him. That's great. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's good. Four tickets. These are my personal tickets, too. You know what? And I couldn't, I, I, my parents couldn't go, so I was like, you know what? I think everybody's excited to see tomorrow night. Whether it's Coach yes. Tang, his assistants, the players, the fan base, um, you know that we've waited for a long, long time. These young people have put a lot of work into this and uh, ready for that exhibition game. And of course, the regular season opener is a week from tonight. Wow! University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley. It's all happening so fast. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, I was trying to remember. I, I've never. There's probably been in the last 15 years or so highly attended exhibition games. And I'm I'm guessing probably around, you know, times K State, you know, had Jacob Pollen or, you know, Big Twelve Championship on the horizon with the eighteen nineteen team or when Bob Huggins took over. Sure. But I don't know for sure. I wasn't at any of those, I don't believe. Maybe I was, maybe it wasn't. I I know I wasn't for Bob Huggins. But I believe that was an overtime game, right, with Washburn? Yes. Um, I, I hope that's not the case. But I'm, I am expecting a great crowd. I There's will. no doubt. I'll tell you a very, very quick story. That day we played – I'll tell you how long ago that was. We played football in Columbia, Missouri. We fly back. I go shoot television with Coach Snyder. Stan and I hustle over to the game. Um, I don't even remember if Brian or whoever it was was filling in. I, I don't remember that part of the story, but – we're kind of setting back behind the bench. And as the game goes to overtime, Hugs looks back and sees us standing there and kind of grins. And he goes, This may be harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of the beginning uh, stages there for, for us with, with Coach Hugs. But uh, they won the game. If memory serves me correct, I think it was triple overtime. I may be wrong. Was on that. it? Man. Yeah. I, I could be wrong, but. I guess I should look that up because it, it I'm well I think I might be able to find it here but anyway it was you know you don't ever take any of that stuff for granted I can promise you that that's that's for sure Well I'm sure you've been just studying the heck out of this team and watching them at practice I I would just love to know just from your your point of view and from what you've been able to collect over the last few weeks over the last few months because you get to go to practice. Sure. I don't. Yeah. Media doesn't. But, of course, the play-by-play voice gets to go check <laughs> them out. 
I, I think you could give us a preview way better than I could well, of what what you think we're going to see or what you expect. Let me finish up the triple overtime thought because it was a triple overtime game, November 4th of 2006, 94-90. And I think everybody listening probably recognizes that Washburn has its own really quality basketball tradition too. And Brett Ballard's yeah, oh, done sure. a really nice job there. Um, as a matter of fact, I was looking at his stuff. This is um, – I'll just kind of pull this out and preview this for you. A hundred and four and forty nine in his time at Washburn. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So they'll have a representative team. That, you know, but what what is K State? Well, it, it's hard to say now because I didn't get to see the scrimmage that Saturday night because we were um, we were in Fort Worth. But you've got a team that is pretty solidly good across the board. I mean, they have some length and athleticism. I think you start there. I think they have guys that can play multiple positions. That's important. They're going to play hard. They're going to defend. Um, they've worked really hard on, on that part of it. Um, and I, I think, uh, if I'm being honest, I, I think there will be segments where occasionally they will struggle to score. But I do think this is a team that really will be fun to watch because I'll just throw out a few names for those who don't necessarily, you know, pay that close of attention. Uh, Naquan Tomlin will wear number 35. 6'8", left-handed kid, really can play multiple positions, probably mostly probably the three and the four. Um, Keontae Johnson, the, the Florida transfer, is a 6'5"-ish, 235-pound rock <laughs> who, who can, can score. He, 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 he's a good-looking player. Um, again, with that length, you've got David Gasson, you've got Jarrell Colbert. Both of those guys, you know, have a chance to to help the team. Uh, the guards, I mean, with with I, I'd mentioned here, Tyke Green, Cam Carter, Desi Sills. You've got some options there, and and that's I just want to tomorrow night. I think people should watch just the effort, um, how hard they play. They, they want to play fast. They want to move the ball quickly um, and take what Coach Tang said today to the media, practice shots, meaning good shots. Mm-hmm. Don't just take shots. Take good shots. Well, I'll, I'll play a bigger chunk of this tomorrow, but I will play this clip from Coach Tang earlier today when he, he was kind of asked a question about, you know, just what you're expecting, you know, identity, this and that. Yep. But also just, you know, the type of start expecting with a game being played at home. The excitement of being at home. We're gonna start fast. So that don't mean we'll start well, but we're gonna start fast. And part of being at home in front of a crowd for the first time is maybe slowing down, not being as fast, taking a deep breath, and not pitching the ball all over the place. And so I, as a coach, I'm concerned about our turnovers the first game at the start because we are too anxious. I think that's also something he mentioned earlier today during the same press conference about. The way the, that that scrimmage went down with Southern Illinois, and that was okay. They actually got down because Southern Illinois went on a run. They maybe had a few too many turnovers, but they were able to overcome right. that 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 setback. And then they all of a sudden just ballooned it out to double digits, and they end up winning that that scrimmage with Southern Illinois SIU. But uh, he he wants his team to get out of the gates and ready to play. And, and ready to make a statement early. I, I think that's a great way to go at it because you want the the fans jumping oh, sure. out of the gate. You don't want to yeah. come out all lackluster. Yeah, for sure. 
And, you know, everything's different. I mean, in that scrimmage, I, again, I'll repeat, I didn't see it, but I'm told that Naquan was just okay. Hmm. Cam Carter was real good. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you can expect the same thing on, on those two fronts tomorrow night. I would say let's hope they're both pretty darn good, right? Uh, but, uh, again, this is a – I can't stress this enough. They, they have got – and I didn't even mention the two returning guys. Marquise would, would certainly be the starting point guard at, sure. this, at this time. And, and I think Ish is another guy that is perfect in terms of what I'm talking about. He, he can really play three positions. He, he really, truly can. I don't know that he necessarily likes the five position as much as the, the three and the four, but he can play them. And he's expanded his game. And he, you know, I, I think he's a better shooter. I, I mentioned Cam a couple of different times. Uh, his, his shot over the course of from the time he got here until now has improved quite a bit. So they're, all of those guys, too, working with the strength and conditioning people have, have, have put on good weight and, and are stronger. So I'm anxious to see it on full display tomorrow night, whether it's an exhibition game or not. Let's, let's, let's get going. Now, I, I ran into a listener of the show out in Aggieville on Saturday, went out to enjoy the win went with yeah. my girlfriend and her friends were out as well. So we all hung out and ran into a listener. And he asked me, how do you announce – Bebe, how do you announce his name? <laughs> I'm like, well, actually, that's a good question because if we would have had media day, I would have asked him. I was like, do you want to go by Bebe or do you want to be a Bayami? Right. Egiola. Right. Um, how are you going to do it? Are you going to go Bebe? Well, as, here, here's the thing. Today at practice, Marco Boren comes over and he goes, how you doing? And we talked a little bit and he goes, do you got all the names down? And I said, yeah, I think so. And he said, what are you going to call Bebe? <laughs> and I said, well, what do, you, what do you think he wants to be called? And he says, Bebe. And I said, well, well, we'll go with that most of the time. But you have, to, you have to occasionally say, you know, his last name is Egiola, so mm-hmm. probably should say that from time to time. But, yeah, everybody calls him Bebe. Just, it's, it's, it's shorter, it's easier. But, well, I uh, love Abiami that. Abiami is his first name. Abiami. Abiami. Uh-huh. I've had that down for a while. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just, if it was like with Ish, I asked him last year before last season, I was like, do you want to be Ish or Ishmael? Yeah. He said, go with Ish. Yeah. I was like, so it's Ish Masood, it is. That's exactly yeah. right. That you, want to, you want to do it and say it the way they would like for it to be done because usually what they, over the course of a long career, I've, I've learned this. Usually they'll, they'll tell you what mom prefers. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I also asked in Media Day, or Big 12 Media Day, yeah. uh, with Naquan Tomlin, who's also from Harlem. Uh, oh, I think, yeah, he's from Harlem, right? Uh, I believe yeah, so. York. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's three players from Harlem. Right. Because Ish and Marquise, and then with Naquan Tomlin, they're all from Harlem. But they're all from different parts of Harlem. Right. So that's how I'll announce it. It'll be, so with... Um, with Ish, it's East Harlem, Spanish Harlem for Marquise, and then West Harlem for Naquan Tomlin. Yeah. See, on my list, it just shows New York, New York. So that's new information. I'll just go ahead and use that. Now, courtesy of Mitch Ford. There's also, <laughs> I, is it Tyke Green? That's oh. from Queens. I think he is from. Because I think that's right. Let me. Yeah, he is from Queens. Uh huh. So uh, Harlem is an is a neighborhood of Manhattan, New York. Now, Queens is his own borough, but it also has its own neighborhoods. Sure. So I'd like to ask him what neighborhood he's from. But I'm glad you gave us a little breakdown because I'm kind of like with everybody. Yes, it's been a long six months of following along with, okay, the hiring, 
a player coming in every now and again, the rosters being built. Coaches, staff. Right. Okay, now we're all just waiting to see this all come together (laughs) and play out. Uh, Until then, it's easy to say, Oh, okay. They've added, you know, Tyke Green. They've added Keontae Johnson. Yeah, this could be an NCAA tournament team. That's very easy to say, I think. Mm-hmm. Now, Keontae Johnson, I think, is what got them there to that kind of preseason prediction of they could be because he's, you know, like Marquise Noel has said, that's a lottery pick potentially, or at least it was two. He was two years ago, but he could be the guy that puts you over the top. To me, that's still easy. It's hard to predict anything until. You see them play together a little bit. Yeah. Well, you heard the comments there from Coach, and I think the thing is is that the, the turnovers is a concern. I think just the growth and the confidence in what they're doing needs some room to breathe too. They're not going to be a perfect um, product right out of the gate. And yet, as your Coach Malagy told me the other day, our, our goal is as simple as this. We want to be playing our best basketball in March, and that's what we're, we're shooting for. So I would say what you're going to see tomorrow night as opposed to what you see at T-Mobile Center in March could be pretty widely different. <laughs> oh, I bet <laughs> you Because be... you have so many new faces and, and a new system and mm-hmm. all of those kind of things, and it's all about molding all of that together and growing as a group and, and getting it, you know, being consistent night in and night out. I think you can look a lot different when you get to T-Mobile Center in December. Oh, absolutely you will. I think that's the thing. Judge them in I mean, you you pick the segments, whether mm-hmm. it's monthly or two-week stretches or you know, non-con as opposed to the conference season. You could, you could split that up a lot of different ways, but kind of keep in mind when we get to mid-January what they were in November and in December and so on and so forth, because I do think they're going to look different. I, I really do. Yeah, everything's a work in progress. Coach Chang said it today as well. He is not married to a starting lineup. He does not have a lineup right now, and it might be changing game in and game out on who's going to be in that starting five. That's the perfect point because I was talking to a couple of guys there today. You could go several different ways just in the in the game tomorrow night and how you want to start. You could try to go a little bit smaller and match Washburn, or you could go big and have a big big advantage there. I mean. Are, are you going to play Ish at the three? Are you going to play Ish at the four? You know, what about Keontae? You want to play him at the three or you want to play him at the two? I mean, they, they have a lot of different options. And that, that, that's a good thing, I think. But again, all of that is going to take some time to, frankly, just get all together and organized and, and see quality there. Tip off tomorrow night against Washburn, 7 o'clock. Pre-game at 6 here on K-Man. And uh, the K-State women will play tonight. Pre-game starts at 6, 6.30 for the tip against Fort Hay State in exhibition play. When we come back, preview of Texas, Big 12 this weekend as well on Wildcat Insider. This Saturday from Bill Snyder Family Stadium, it's primetime coverage of the Cats hosting Texas. K-State now number 13 in the AP poll. We'll see where they show up Tuesday night in the uh, the first college football playoff poll of the year. I, I'm not sure, honestly, where where they would go. I think around that, around that number, I think 13 is pretty fair. Yeah, I, I think that would probably be a safe thought. It may be a position or two up or down, depending on what the perception is of the committee, strength of schedule. And, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into it, of course, because they're 
other other teams to be factored in there in the, in the same way. So um, uh, it's exciting to to know that that first one comes out and you could be in there and maybe in there. Um, kind of tells you you're having a pretty good year, and um, I I think they'll be in. But still, as we said before. Lots of important games coming up in November for for all of these teams. Yeah, including this one Saturday, Texas. I believe actually the game opened up even, and now Texas is a two and a half point favorite coming into Manhattan Saturday night, six o'clock again for the kickoff televised on XFS One. Powercat game day two in the afternoon. I'm sure the first player you might think about is Bijan Robinson. Oh, for sure. When it comes to that offense, Quinn Ewers, you know, of course, the new quarterback, but also it's kind of a three headed monster. Even though Ewers wasn't. By far, by far, wasn't perfect against Oklahoma State. Xavier Worthy is one of the best wide receivers the Big Twelve has to offer. Well, this is an interesting team from a lot of perspectives because you do have Ewers at quarterback, and he is a guy who has not played a lot of football yet. Although he is a very highly regarded talent uh, coming out of high school. I mean, he was he was big time. He could have gone anywhere. Went to Ohio State and redshirted, then transferred out. Um, Really a talented guy, but he's, you know, going through some growing pains like all young quarterbacks do. We mentioned that with Will Howard earlier in the show. But with that that running back committee there, but but certainly headed by by Bijan Robinson, who's always he's two hundred people forget he's two hundred and twenty two pounds. He's not he can really scoot, but he can run over you too. Mm-hmm. He's he's a handful. But they've also got Roshan Johnson and Keelan Robinson, who I think complement him in a, in a very, very big way. Xavier Worthy's clearly the best receiver of the bunch, but Jordan Whittington's pretty good, too, and, and they're tight end. Uh, most of the scouts just think he's just super in Jatavion Sanders. So as per usual, they, <laughs> they have lots of skill. It's interesting for me, and I have to mention this with Texas, because when you look at their starting lineup, they have a true freshman starting at left tackle and a true freshman starting at right guard. That's pretty rare in this day and age of of college football. But that is the case. And they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven true freshmen listed on their depth chart. Now, there are a couple of positions that list three guys. But that's that's pretty astonishing when you think about it. Now, these were all, you know, five-star guys, but that's uniquely different. Now, the running game, for uh, really on both sides, kind of worries me a little bit yes. because Bijan Robinson is a very strong runner, like you mentioned, and I think K-State has struggled a little bit against tackling those stronger backs. So gang tackling is, is very much so a key and then you flip it to the other side, and Texas holding teams at three point three yards a carry. Well, and you know, probably now I'm blanking on his name, the middle linebacker. Oh, uh, Jalen Ford. Thank you. The yes. Marvion Overshone is the the strong side backer. They, they've they've got dudes, but for me, the biggest issue is trying to get guys like Keandre Coburn, Tavondre Sweat, uh, Ojimo, those types of guys moved in the run game, or move, period, <laughs> and blocked. Those guys are big, physical, tough guys. I'm not trying to make them out to be the greatest thing of all time. They're 5-3, and three, right? Mm-hmm. But they do have good talent. you got to really sustain blocks, get the proper angles, those types of things to have success against this team. And I think, you know, for K-State, 
one of the big things will be possessing that football more than they do. K-State's been pretty good at that this year. Texas is towards the lower third of the league in time of possession. I know sometimes people don't pay a whole lot of attention to that, but if B. John Robinson and Xavier Worthy are on the sideline, they're not hurting you much. All right, let's quickly look at a couple of games if we can. Week 10 in the Big 12, number 18 Oklahoma State of Kansas is a 2.30 kick on FS1, and I think that's a game that got really interesting, especially after Oklahoma State loses 48-0 to K-State. Does Oklahoma State go on the road and pull off that victory? I I think they do, but I think the question is Jalen Daniels, is there a possibility he does come back? Because I think there's been a few comments made about him today. Well, he's probably coming back. Will he be coming back this weekend I think they put it out there just to put it out there okay I'm not saying he won't play but you want it out there you know you want them preparing for both guys right I would this is an interesting scenario game anyway for me because of the obvious things OSU losing here last weekend 48 nothing KU having the weekend off and they I think they needed a weekend off much like K-State did prior to the TCU game they, they were banged up beat up a little bit their their offensive uh, production has been really good. Th- th- this literally could be a, oh boy, 48-45 kind of game, don't you think? Uh, all yeah. things being equal yeah. and Spencer Sanders healthy. I think definitely high scoring. <laughs> uh, I just want to make one comment about Baylor and Oklahoma. Yeah. It's on ESPN+. Plus. That's that's the comment. Yeah, go figure that. Yeah. Uh, who would have th- thunk it, as somebody once said? But um, do you, Surprising. Do you think uh, Texas Tech has a shot at number 7 TCU? That's big noon kickoff. Well, they don't like each other very much, and I think they'll be motivated. They're going to have to get a good quarterback play, and I don't think they got the quarterback play against Baylor the other night that they wanted to, and I'm speaking of Tech here. If they get that against TCU, it could be a very interesting game. Now the other game is West Virginia-Iowa State. Yep. At some point, the two bottom teams at the bottom had to play each other. Right. Um, Iowa State hosting, and do you give them a shot? I, I guess you – it, it kind of feels like a 50-50 game, but... Yeah, I think you have to favor Iowa State being at home, even though they're 0-5 in the league, just just because of what West Virginia has been with the splits home and road. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for Wildcat Insider. Man, we got a we got a big week, don't we? Yeah, we do. Basketball starts, football hosting Texas, a lot happening. It's overlap season for a month, but I was telling the guys uh, on Saturday that uh, the only case they only have three home games in November. Maybe it's not as crazy as it has been in the past, but there's still a lot to uh, let it cover. But, Wyatt, thanks for coming in once again. My pleasure, bud. Good being on with you. For Travion Berkland for Hall of Fame broadcaster Wyatt Thompson, I'm Mitch Fortner. We got the game 4-6 to six tomorrow. Go Cats. Getting you closer to the locker room than anyone else. This is Wildcat Insider. Wildcat Insider, an exclusive presentation of the flagship station of the K-State Sports Network. News Radio 1350, KMAN.